My guest today is Arthur Geese. He's here to talk about his review of Headlander. My name is Justin McElroy, and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Hey, Arthur, welcome back to the program. Hello. Um, we, uh, 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 I think before we get right into Headlander, I'd like to talk a little, little bit about your sort of general f- stance on Double Fine, where, where you think they've succeeded, where you think they've failed in recent games. I think they're a fascinatingly sort of uneven studio. Um, for, for instance, I think Broken Age is really cool and neat. I thought Costume Quest was two was one of the more boring things I've played, um, and I thought Trenched was great too. Or Iron you Brigade, mean Iron Brigade. Yeah, depending yeah. on how you want to slice it. Um, my cat's busting into the room to demand food. Um, <laughs> uh, so, wh- wh- where's you, where are you at with Double Fine? What's what sort of your you, where are the highlights for you? I mean, I, I think that like a lot of sort of old, like middle generation Double Fine fans, I sort of miss when they could do the bigger stuff. Like obviously, like Psychonauts is sort of my favorite Double Fine game. Um, I think that they've had an interesting history since Brutal Legend sort of tanked of doing things fast, of failing or succeeding quickly, mm-hmm. um, and. I think that makes sense from a business perspective. I think that's the right move for them. I think that it does lead to a sort of sense of things being undercooked. Sure. Um, I think that there's a lot of really cool ideas in their games that don't get explored enough or very clearly. And I can make them kind of forgettable in the playing, if not the writing. Um, Like I thought stacking was a cute idea and didn't really dig it. I thought trenched's, Sorry, Iron Brigades. Uh, mechanics were good, but I didn't think that the game design was particularly interesting. It's just like wave-based survival stuff. Um, uh, Broken Age was gorgeous. It was very much a, a sort of old-school adventure game. The Double Fine Adventure was kind of a not received overwhelmingly well. I think that generally they've been pretty inconsistent, mm-hmm. uh, like you said. And so um, that sort of colored my expectations going into Headlander. Like I expect a double fine game to be a little mechanically shaky and funny to sort of distract from that. Um, talk to me a little bit about the, the core mechanic because, um, it's interesting. It sounded to me, the uninitiated a little bit like stacking, which is another double fine, uh, uh, game that I, I quite enjoyed. Yeah. I, I think that the, that makes sense. I think that stacking was a much slower game that required a lot more backtracking and the perspective sort of complicated things. Uh, the way that Headlander works is you are the last human in the universe, except you're actually only a part of a person, specifically a head in a rocket powered helmet that can interface with robot bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as the Headlander, I guess, I don't know. That, that name never comes up in the game that I remember. Uh, you can pull the heads off of robots and take over their bodies. Um, and it also means you can interface with certain computer systems uh, and take control of them. And so uh, the way that that works is that, for example, doors can't be 
gone through as just a head like the security won't open so you need at least a body to walk through them and as security increases you need a scaling sort of set of colors of body to go through those doors uh and headlander actually pretty smartly navigates a puzzle system based around this idea combined with the idea that the lasers that these security robots fire which are called shepherds bounce and so it becomes a puzzle of navigation that isn't just getting somewhere. It's uh, getting a body somewhere, getting a laser somewhere to where you can get through it, even if the body that you're in can't. Mm-hmm. So what variety, yeah. uh, what kind of variety of bodies are there and, and how sort of different does each one feel? So there are uh, numerically, I'm feeling a little challenged right now. There's red, yellow, red, orange, yellow, green blue and violet security and within those there and there's a couple of uh special bodies in one part of the game that are black and white um that adhere to chess piece mentality so their lasers like i think the knight's lasers will only go in a 90 degree angle so they fire out forward a bit and then tilt directly upward uh there are enforcer bots which don't have lasers but punch really hard and have uh insulated tires to go over electric electric uh electrocuted floors sorry i'm electrified electrified is the word i'm looking for yeah so that you can go over electrified floors um and so there there's a fair bit of strategy in the kind of body that you want in knowing that you don't have the body that you need to get where you need to go yet uh so there's a there's a decent amount of variety there and it's also it is both gated by color, which means that occasionally you can't go somewhere because you haven't found a robot to take there yet, and also by ability, which means that, like action-adventure games like Metroid, you need to get certain upgrades to your head enabled in, in, in order to, to get through these spaces. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's gated in that way in a couple of different uh, manners. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the combat, because it uh, it, it seems like... Uh, it looks maybe on the surface, and as you describe it from the controls, is sort of a, a 2D sort of action platformer kind of thing. But um, in practice, uh, it almost looks a little bit like one commenter um, compared it to a flashback or out of this world. Um, so what, what, how does that shape up? I, I could see that comparison. I, I think that it also sort of looks like those PC freeware era games like Abuse. Uh, in that you're aiming with the the mouse or the right analog stick if you're using a controller like I did uh, and firing. And if you hold down the left trigger, then you get an aiming line. So you see exactly where your shots are going, which also allows you to see how your shots will bounce. Um, combat tends not to be twitchy. It tends to be very methodical because you can destroy a robot body if you shoot it enough, but you also can't occupy a robot body that you destroy. Mm-hmm. But if you hit a robot's head... Uh, once or twice it'll just pop right off Uh, and you can also fly over uh, in head form you can detach from your body and fly over to another body and steal that head while it's it's hostile to you Um, and more powerful robots will defend themselves more effectively against that but one-on-one you'll be able to take any robots head off and take that body Um, there's a rudimentary cover system uh, and also just being on a platform that they can't hit and bouncing lasers off is a big part of the the sort of combat sensibility of the game. So it's definitely more strategic than I think it might look at first glance. 
Uh, Arthur, I want to hear more about Headlander, but I need to take a quick break to talk about Casper. Arthur, how you sleeping? Uh, you know, all right. You know, you could be sleeping better uh, if you were to pick yourself up a Casper mattress. These are uh, uh, astounding. They're a miracle of modern science, I would say, because they are mattresses that uh, match, if not surpass, the quality of the mattresses you're going to get in a, a big mattress store. But they're doing it for half the cost and for me, most impressively, uh, ha- half the size. It comes in this tiny box, no bigger than a shoebox, really. Well, it's, no, it's much bigger than that. That was a lie. But it, it, it does seem very small for a mattress. You zip it open and suddenly the mattress is expanding and you're ready to sleep on uh, what I think is arguably the most comfortable mattress you will ever sleep on. We have one in our uh, guest bedroom, um, and I'm jealous of our guests every time they come and sleep there because uh, they, they rave about it every time. Time Magazine called it one of the best inventions of 2015. It's an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. You're going to pay like $850 for a queen, $950 for a king, $500 for a twin-size mattress, which is so much less uh, than in stores. There's free shipping returns to U.S. and Canada, and uh, here's the best part. You can try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, they pick it up and refund you everything. And get this, it's made in America. Um, if uh, Even at those low, low prices, we can do you one better. If you listen to Quality Control, uh, you're going to be able to get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com control and using offer code control. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, so casper.com slash control, get $50 off an already shockingly well-priced mattress, and uh, you you are really, really going to enjoy it. I, I guarantee you that. Uh, uh, Arthur, talk to me for a second about the, the, the humor and sort of tone of this game, because that's obviously a big hallmark of some Double Fine games more than others. I would argue it's something they kind of have pulled away from a little bit um, in recent years. But um, w- what's the tone of Headlander like? I, I, so I think the the thing that you have to look at immediately is just the aesthetic of Headlander, which is this sort of interesting combination of sci-fi tropes from a few different periods. Uh, like the 50s, 60s, and 70s all had their own very sort of distinct kinds of science fiction uh, visual and just sort of pop culture motifs. And Headlander kind of borrows from all of that. Like, the a lot of the robot design and the head design feel very reminiscent of monster movies and sort of space exploration movies from the 50s. Um, there's a lot of sort of psychedelic uh, influence from late 60s genre stuff and a lot of uh, sort of interesting graphical touches that you see in stuff like uh, Silent Running and Logan Logan's Run uh, from the 70s. So there's this interesting kind of combination there that I think is, is really effective. But as far as humor goes, there's lots of sort of castaway jokes and goofy bits of dialogue from the robots. And the premise is obviously ridiculous. Um, sure. And there's a lot of sort of sight gags about, look, you stole this body or regardless of what gender the head is that you pick and you can pick either male or female. And there are a few different, uh, skin colors available, uh, when you start, um, you you will take bodies of female and male gendered uh, robots, and it will occasionally make a joke of that. And at one point, there's actually a sort of mild game mechanic tied to the gender of the heads that you're looking at. Um, and so I think that there are attempts for it to be funny. Like, I think it wants to be funny. I just don't think that it puts in 
the work. I don't think that its structure is particularly benefited, uh, is suited to, to humor because you have a silent protagonist that it makes a joke about multiple times because you don't have lungs. <laughs> so how could you speak? Uh, and there are sort of voices of God, both, uh, in your corner and against you, uh, with Earl, which is a, uh, a mysterious benefactor and Methuselah, who's the mysterious antagonist, uh, sort of saying lots of things, but it, it, the writing just never quite gels into something that's consistently funny. It's frequently smile a little bit funny, but never laugh out loud. Funny. Um, I, I'm interested in something, Arthur, because you're the reviews editor. Um, you, uh, uh, obviously decided to review this one, uh, yourself, how did you how did you uh, decide on that? How did you think? Hey, this is something that this is something for Arthur. Well, I was available. So <laughs> That's that good. Helps. That's always a plus. Uh, you know, a lot of people are on vacation, yeah. And so um, that sort of limits the people that we can assign to. You were working on another game, for example. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, other than basic availability, which is sort of like the unsexy, practical nature of our jobs. Um, I think that I like a lot of Double Fine stuff. I think I'm inclined to like some of Double Fine stuff, but I also think I'm more than capable of being critical of what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kind of game that it is is something that is in my wheelhouse, like that sort of action-adventure uh, genre stuff is something that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just reviewed uh, Song of the Deep, which is sort of a, a slightly different take on that same Metroid base. Um, so, you know, I, I think that I felt qualified to approach it and I was moderately interested. I think Adult Swim has been publishing a lot of very interesting stuff. And during this time of year when there's not as much um, in the way of larger sort of world destroying titles to check out, the Headlander seemed interesting. So it was a sort of confluence of events uh, that uh, that made it so that I would be the one to review it. Um, how, how well does it nail the sort of, it's obviously going for an aesthetic that's, uh, sort of a a retro sci-fi vibe. How hard does it lean into that and, and how well does it nail it? I think pretty well. Um, there's a lot of sort of chromatic aberration to simulate, uh, CRT distortion, which I feel like is sort of a big thing right now for retro sci-fi references. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the art style is very consistent. The there are visual effects that uh, simulate film grain and sort of like over sharpening um, that elicit a very specific kind of look that reminds me a lot of um, posters, like sci-fi book covers and posters from the sixties and seventies, uh, which feels very deliberate. I think that the music uh, works pretty well as something that evokes that era, like that weird seventies era sci-fi music that Jack Wall obviously referenced in the first Mass Effect to very strong effect. Uh, no pun intended. Hmm. Um, I, I So I think that in, in that regard, all the aesthetic choices that it makes work really well. Um, it does what it needs to to have a very clear visual design in a way that not every Double Fine game uh, that's not on the scale of something like Broken Age manages to achieve, which is kind of a shame because it's expensive to do that. And Double Fine isn't making AAA games uh, most of the time now. They're making smaller budget experiments. Um, and Headlander feels much more polished in that regard. Um, this is a, 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 
you, you estimated about six or seven hour time of experience. Is it Give something you think would be worth returning to? Would there be added value from playing through this again? Or is there pretty much one size fits all kind of thing? There are a minimal number of side quests in the game, though I didn't have time to do all of them. So I could conceivably go back and do those. And there are rooms that I didn't find or open. Uh, and those are tracked, like the game tracks your completion percentage. So I think that, um, thankfully, once you finish the sort of final sequence, it puts you back into the game and you can kind of wander around and see slight changes in the way that people are behaving now that things are different. Mm -hmm. um, so so it's not uninteresting when you finish it, but I think that it actually, uh, for the runtime that I played with it, it managed to consistently elaborate on its mechanics in a way that was interesting. And I think that it said just about everything it had to say in that amount of time, which is something that a lot of games don't actually achieve. Uh, they run out of things to say, or they add too many things and, and never really have time to elaborate on them. Cool. Well, Arthur, is there anything else you didn't touch on? Anything else you'd like to hit before we sign off here? Um, I, I think that the thing that I, I touched on in my review that was kind of surprising and we touched on it a little bit here is just that, I was surprised by Headlander because, like I was just saying, from a design and mechanics perspective, it's extremely solid. Like, it's very sound. It doesn't get in its own way, uh, the way that a lot of sort of smaller games do. And and I think that after playing a game like Song of the Deep recently, which I think had some of those problems, and a lot of games, just generally speaking, that kind of trip on their own feet and get in their own way, that Headlander was kind of surprising in that it never really had that problem. Like the puzzle solving and combat uh, scenarios don't feel stupid, but they don't feel especially punishing with the exception of a boss fight uh, at the end of the game. Um, and, and other than a sort of lack of tutorializing on, on where certain very important upgrades will come from. Um, it's a very, it's a game that feels very interested in you playing it and like seeing it and not getting lost in it and actually getting it done. Cool. Well, Arthur, thank you so much for joining us uh, again. Thank you to Casper. Go to Casper.com slash control. Use the co offer code control and uh, save 50 bucks off a great mattress. Uh, we got a lot more stuff for you on polygon.com, including a review. I wrote for uh, quadrilateral cowboy, which is very interesting. Did you play that Arthur? Uh, played quadrilateral, game? Quadrilateral I played a little bit of quadrilateral cowboy. I, I think that to speak to its authenticity, I broke my first game because I tried to change the color of my screen <laughs> uh, of my deck and couldn't change it back. <laughs> so I had to start the game back over again. So it feels very authentic to yeah. the DOS experience. It's a Nuzlocke run. <laughs> yeah. Quadrilateral cowboy. You can't see what you're typing. Uh, uh, and uh, there's a lot more for you there. Uh, if you get a second, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating or review for quality control that really helps us out and uh, until the next time we have a game to talk about my name is justin mcelroy for arthur geese thank you for listening to polygons quality control mm -hmm.